0: going on, my Bobs and bobets. Welcome to the Boldcast, a podcast series by the Best of Bold brand that focuses on the journeys of the everyday heroes. We hope to strip away all the bullshit and deliver the real story, because the destination is just a byproduct of the journey. Let's go. Today. I have a real treat for everyone or should i say treats i have here my good friends andre and carlos from ela advertising so without further ado andre and carlos take it away
1: hey guys i'm andre phillip i'm the ceo of ela advertising
2: i'm carlos Musquez, as the executive creative director at ela advertising
0: awesome so uh i'm sure you guys are curious what are we doing um, we're recording our first podcast, and as I mentioned, we want to highlight the everyday heroes. So both Andre and Carlos I've worked with closely in the past. and um, I myself have been in advertising and marketing for a long time. And the two of them have struck me to be super, super creative, and they're very, very on point in all the creative works that they do. So today I want to bring them on board, kind of dive in a little deeper, take away the armors, and talk about their past, uh, and then where they're at today, and where they want to go. So, kind of give us a little background. What is the LA? You know, how did it all start? We'll go from there.
1: Sure. So, ELA started with a vision, and that was my vision of creating something that was the best of both worlds from entertainment and general market. So, I started off my career in movie posters and movie advertising, right? So, trailers, posters, all that stuff. And the speed, the agility, and the fit, finish, and polish that we work with in entertainment is something that I wanted to bring to the general market, right? So I had friends that were had you know uh, weeks and sometimes months to do a campaign versus we would have had you know days, right? So the speed that you have to work with in entertainment is it's it's crazy fast. Yeah, it's crazy fast and. so I wanted to bring kind of mesh the two worlds of general market and entertainment, and I think that we've done a great job of that. And also how to tell a story, right? So at the end of the day, we're just modern day storytellers. So uh, Carlos is a, has, a, has a huge, vast background in in general market. He can talk a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, about twenty five plus years in. Come from that uh, big conglomerate Omnicom uh, space. I've uh, ran a business out of the West Coast for for pretty much my entire career worked on every major brand you could possibly think of, from tech to uh, uh, beverage, adult beverage, entertainment, uh, automotive, um, CPG, which is consumer uh, packaged goods, um, everything that you could possibly think of, if we've done it, uh, and across all, all consumer touch points. Um, you know, thinking about out of home, uh, television, radio advertising, uh, theatrical advertising, uh, you know, print, all of that stuff, and all, also into the digital world and, and
0: experiential world. Awesome, awesome. Been there, did a lot of that, uh, but I come from a digital media background, right? So we tend to be running a lot of the content and the stories that you guys create and then putting that into, into the market. So a lot of times where I came from, people always say, okay, you know, if uh, a campaign does well or if um, uh, an ad does well, it's because of creative. If it doesn't, it's because media wasn't placed properly. So that, that was a joke and we're in the industry. Right. Um, so, so a little bit about the two of you guys. So how did you two meet? Because when I worked with you guys, you guys had a really, really strong relationship and you guys knew what each other were thinking. You guys were on point in terms of presenting, in terms of kind of bringing that story to life. Do
2: you want me to tell the story? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, it, it's sort of a small ancestral world when you start to think about marketing and, and everybody sort of knows everybody. Uh, At the end of the day or the beginning of the day, I should say, I I had no idea who Andre Phillip was, um, nor did I know who ELA Advertising was. Honestly, it wasn't in my radar and it wasn't really um, anything that uh, I was pursuing. Um, I had a mutual friend that's in the creative space and uh, he introduced us and he said, hey, this guy's got something going on. He's really cool, really like-minded. You should know him. And uh, so I reached out, and he said, yeah, man, let's let's meet. So we, we went to our local Starbucks, as I think all business meetings and, and, and relationships start as over some kind of a, a coffee or drink, right, in this world, and, and we met. And, um, you know, I, I met another person uh, there named Paco De La Torre, who, who you know and, mm-hmm. and works with us. And Paco's cool, he comes from big agency space, kind of knows my world, and then, this guy rolls up and uh, I said, all right, cool, the adult's here. You know, so <laughs> we sat down and we, we chatted it up for, you know, an hour or so and, and talked about his hopes and dreams around what he was trying to do with his agency. And, you know, I talked a lot about what I have been wanting to do most recently in, in the advertising marketing space and our, uh, our planet sort of aligned. And, uh, you know, a couple of meetings after that and we kind of high-fived each other and said, let's jump off the cliff together and go do this thing.
0: That's awesome. That's super crazy. Um, so one of the reasons that we 're doing this, not necessarily is to highlight you know your guys 's career path more so, but really Andre and I you know disclosure Andre and I kind of met two days ago because I myself started this thing well we, for, we met a couple years ago a uh, couple years ago, ago, but we met up again uh, a couple of days ago, and then I myself was struggling to kind of launch this to launch the best of bold brand and um you know there's a lot of things going on and and i kind of look to him and say, hey how do i kind of get over this hump that where i'm at and this is kind of what we're talking about here really to take away everything else um what you guys have been doing for the agency and, and all the work that you guys have accomplished and all these other clients that you guys are talking to and and everything else moving forward. It's amazing. I, I've, I've heard about it. I've seen it. And, you know, I'm a big fan of it. But really, I want to get to know you too. And we said, if I'm going to come here, we're going to dive deep, right? We're going we're gonna to talk real. There's going to be cussing. There's going to be um, just raw, raw boldness. So second question I have you guys is what makes you bold and or how are you bold? Each, each one of you take turns kind of, it doesn't have to be at work it could be a moment or a time where you guys did something out of the norm or something that you felt good or something that you you thought was scary but in itself it changed the progression of where you went moving forward
1: I think bold is to me anyway it's being yourself and I think a lot of times people are trying to be somebody that they're not they're trying to be a persona that they're not but when you actually are yourself and you're confident and you believe in you Boldness comes with every action that you take, because, uh, you know, I think that when you're a little bit frightened, then a big, big move is a bold move, right? To me, you know, having complete faith in something that's bigger than you and in yourself, is allows you to make what you call those big, bold moves, right? And, uh, you know, there's so many, you know, sayings out there and cliches, but at the end of the day... You're going to feel the fear and do it anyway. Oh, yeah. You know that. You know that, man. I'm feeling it. Feeling it every single day. And what's interesting about feeling the fear is that's just your old way of being, your old way of thinking in your comfort zone, right? And so people think that if they make horizontal moves that they're actually moving forward. And that's, that's just movement. That's bullshit. I think that you need to always be moving to the next level up. And that level is always going to challenge you. So the moment you're comfortable and you're moving around just know you're spinning in circles the yep. moment that you are making what you call bold moves is when you're uncomfortable and when you're uncomfortable that means you've never been there and if you've never been there that means you're growing and if you're growing that's what it's all about and the funny thing is it never gets easier It just you just get accustomed to the fear or you get accustomed to that that uneasiness right so there's a saying that says jump off the cliff and you grow wings on the way down right so you have to just go after whatever you, and it could be sometimes for people, it's being on a podcast. Yep. This is like the most nerve wracking thing.
0: Oh, my heart's pounding right now. <laughs> so your heart's
1: pounding right now, my heart's not pounding right now, right? And that's just it. There's people that, you know, pitching an account or or, or, or speaking in public or doing something that is just, or, or, or quitting their job or asking for, more, or for, or, or asking for something. I mean, there's so many levels. So to me, it's not so much about the end result, which is what I liked when you talk about the journey, yep. it's about taking the step that's in front of you now and saying, am I going to step to the left, to the right, or am I going to take a big, huge step forward? And that huge step forward is very uneasy, right? But, that, but it's okay. If you fall down, you get back up. Yep. And so I think so many people don't take those moves because they're frightened, right? They have this perfection paralysis. I know a lot of people that need it to be perfect. Right now, truth be told, this podcast happened three hours ago. Yeah. We talked on the phone. I said, he's, You said, let's do it next week. I said, how about now? And you said, I can do it now. Yeah, let's I'll do be it there now. in three hours, right? Yeah. That's a bold move. That's, let's not over, overthink something. Oh, I think I agree. a lot of people get in their head. They get really mixed up in their head. And they're great philosophers. And they, can, and they can tell you all the one-liners. And they read books. And they do all this stuff. And trust me, I do that as well. Me too. But at one point where the rubber meets the road is action. And you have to take action. And if it's inspired action, you're gonna win.
0: Awesome, so give us an example. When was that bold moment for you?
1: I think those bold moments to me, I, you know, I know it's gonna sound crazy because you want this huge big story. <laughs> I, think, I think that moment for me is every single day. I think that I wake up every single day saying, how am I gonna be better? You know, I, how am I gonna push myself harder than anybody can push me? How am I gonna hustle harder than anybody else? How am I gonna think bigger? You know, and that's an important thing, right? Because I think that it's not just action and activity. People might say, no, I hustle because I work hard. Working hard and and, and working right are two different things, right? I I think a lot of people work hard. I think a lot of people put in an honest day's work. They work eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 hours a day. But it's, are you actually advancing? Are you pushing yourself forward or are you just having making excuses for yourself and saying, well, then I I can't do these things because I have all these other things to take care of. Right? So I look at, um, you know, what can I do to improve myself, to improve my company, to improve those around me and to make big moves all the time. So if you're not, if you're not thinking big and I know that's a cliche, but really think about it. If you're not thinking in big ways, you're never going to get big results, period. Awesome! Awesome. Yeah, I think
2: I, I'll add to that whole uh, diatribe that Andres had. I, you know, I think what uh, this whole thing about uh, fear is is failure, right? Failure is such horseshit. I yep. just I look at it and I just go, what is failure? What does failure even really mean? We we all know the cliches. and We all know uh, you know all the sayings around it. But it's it's absolutely one hundred percent true. You know, we don't try things. We don't go out there. We don't do bold moves, and we don't do the things that we love and are passionate about because we're afraid. We're afraid of failing, whatever failing means, and, and failing doesn't really mean anything. We are not afraid to fail. We fail every day. We we fail, you know, hundreds of times in a day. And all failure really means is that we're learning something, and and we move beyond that, and that pushes us forward, and we keep moving, we keep pushing. Um, that that's uh, in the way that we work, and the way that we ideate, the way that we create, the way that we come up with campaigns, campaigns that are out there. I mean, you're a media guy. Yeah. You know, you test, you iterate, you you you, you adapt you move forward. And failure is just a big part of success, right? And it's been a big part of our success too. And I think about what that means and they go, it's fear, right? Fear, and you have to be fearless when you go out there. Fearless because it's, it doesn't mean anything other than you're learning and you're progressing and you're pushing.
1: Yeah, I'd like to change the word failure to experiment, right? Absolutely. So everyone yeah. knows about you know Thomas Edison. Yep. He figured out whatever, 9,000 ways how to not invent the light bulb. I don't think it's about the word failure is wrong. I think it's experimenting if you're, if you, if we cook a meal right now and you're going to experiment with different ingredients, it might not taste good. It might not, it might taste great. I don't know, but you're not afraid to experiment. Experimentation is where it's at. And if an experiment doesn't go the way you thought it might go, then that's what a wonderful thing because it'll lead you to the next thing, the path to greatness, the path to success and the path to where you want to go is not linear. It is not linear. If, and we're very, we're taught at a young age. If you go to school, you go to kindergarten, and then you get to first grade. First grade gets to second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And our whole lives is so linear that we feel like, well, if we get this job and then we do a good job, then we get promoted to get the next thing. But that's not necessarily how success always hands itself. Success might look like a bunch of failures that lead you to a bunch of greatness, right? Yep. So I think it's what you attach yourself to it because people attach to a goal their ego right they attach often who they are right i don't want to be embarrassed what would people think of me and and if you can just start realizing that a goal is not for its attainment a goal is there to stretch you it's there to to bring more of you to the surface that's all it is and so when you have a little goal there's a little bit of you that's rising to the surface when you have a huge goal that scares you and you don't have any clue how to get it now we're talking because it's going to stretch you look at all the successful people in this world that really truly successful and by the way this doesn't always have to do with money right Mm -hmm. but if you look at the people that we coin quote unquote successful the oprah winfrey's of the world the ditties of the world right yeah what are they thinking what must they be thinking when they wake up in the morning what are they what are their habitual way of doing thinking and being every moment those are big thinkers that are sure everyone's afraid but they feel the they feel it and they just keep going and they push themselves
0: yeah honestly on that note after a talk right you said you said something similar to me along that line and then you know one thing that you said that i actually took i mean i took everything but that actually resonated for a long long duration was the fact that if you are at a vertical point. If you're moving horizontally, you're not growing, right? The fear right. is stepping out of that comfort zone and going vertically. Right. And that's something I've been thinking more and more, even when we called this three hours ago, you said, let's do it. I'm like, okay, yeah, there's a little bit of fear. And then my instinct now is, okay, I'm scared fuck it, let's do it. Because I'm scared, I should do it because it's telling me it's something that I'm not comfortable with, but you know it's good. You know it's going to be good, right? This is the first podcast, but it's going to be the first of many where we're going to be having you guys come back. Maybe we'll have a sub-series and whatnot. But that resonated with me in a sense that, okay, now I'm more in tune because before, like you said, you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to fail or, oh, you know what? It's not meant for me. Maybe not today. I'll push it, I'll push it, I'll push it. But when you're confronted and you say, okay, I'm going to do it, it changes. On my way here until now, I've been having butterflies, but I know it's a good kind of excitement. I'm anxious and I'm like, oh, it's been a while since I recorded a podcast. Let's do this. Let's do this. And we're going to wing it. We're going to say what we're going to say, but I totally, totally feel you. It's it's something that we all need to overcome. It's not something that you're going to overcome overnight. Even for me, it's slowly, slowly being more and more aware about the little decisions that I'm making and then how to make the right decision that's for me at that moment to say okay this is where um you're leading to the next path the the bold path if you will right so um carlos you talked a little bit about fear so i I have a little segue here that says superman is afraid of kryptonite batman is afraid of his parents bill clinton is afraid of his wife what are you afraid of andre no
1: bullshit
2: i'm not afraid of anything I'm really not, I'm not afraid of anything. I know that sounds like, uh, like a little crap, but it's true and it's taken me a long time to get here. Um, it's taken, uh, taken me a lot of failures. It's taken me a lot of courage and a lot of um, putting my ego to the side and putting my own uh, personal feelings aside. I think what, what most people are afraid of more than anything else is it, is it this thing called failure. I think they're, they're afraid of judgment. I think people are afraid of what does that person or what is that, you know those people think of me what i'm doing and when you get past that when you just really don't give a shit anymore you just go what but what does that person have to do with me and my success that focus and this guy is the one that taught me about that more than anybody is that focus that hyper focus on your goals and what you're doing nothing else matters you chase that you go do it and, and every ounce of your being is going towards that then fear kind of falls by the wayside because if you look at fear uh, as a successful thing, a part of your success, it's it, it you internalize it quite differently than than the emotional connection to what we know fear to be now. So the answer is really truly, I'm not afraid of anything.
0: Andre,
1: um, I'm going to say the same thing, and not just because Carlos said it. And now I can, <laughs> <laughs> but but really, I think fear is a mental game. It's not really a physical game. It's a mental game, and so once you realize that it's all in your mind anyway. You know, again, I can go back to what I'm saying. I really am not afraid of anything because I don't, it's not because I don't care. I just think, I just, the fear is just not in my vocabulary. And Carlos said something that was really interesting. I don't, I don't think most people have a goal problem. I think most people have a focus problem, a distraction problem, right? The reason that you felt butterflies and you're here anyways, because I didn't give you a choice, right? (laughs) Because you actually, your instinct was, or maybe next week. Yeah, because right. I was like, okay, next week, what are we going right. to do? Yeah, right. in my head,
0: I was planning. I was like, okay, next week. Right. But it's unconsciously and subconsciously, I know I'm trying to avoid it in some way, right? So when you say, let's just do it now, I'm like, okay, let's do it. But there was that anxiety. Exactly. Yeah, I even texted, I said, dude, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. anxious. Yeah. Um,
1: all that stuff. And, that's, and, and the thing is, is that successful people typically do the things that unsuccessful people don't do, period. And it's in your action. So all this stuff, because will do the stuff that they don't want to do, that they don't like to do, that's really shitty. It's making those choices. A lot of people like the idea of success, in my opinion. Yep. And, and again, the, the caveat to this whole thing is success means something different to everybody, right? Agreed. But they like the idea of building that company. They like the idea of having a podcast. Yep. They like the idea of being at their on top of the world. They like the idea of all that, but when you really look at what they're doing, they're not 100% focused, they're distracted. They're distracted and they make excuses. Oh, well, I can't do that, I got a bunch of errands to run, and then I gotta go do this, and then I gotta go take care of that. It's all excuses. Hyper successful people are really hyper focused. I was talking to Carlos this morning about uh, the analogy of the sun and how, yes, it lights up the entire the, your entire planet, right? It's a beautiful thing. Right now it's a sunny, beautiful Los Angeles day. But if I take a magnifying glass and I focus that and I put a leaf underneath it or a piece of paper, it burns right through it because that's a very focused energy. When you have laser focus, nothing else gets in the way. So it's not about, you don't even have time to think about fear and other people because you're just going out and doing whatever it takes to achieve
0: your goal by any means necessary awesome awesome and to add to that right the fact that you said hey you didn't have any choice and successful people are successful because they do the things that they're afraid of or they're hesitant to do but they do it anyways to add to that you know to find people like you guys who are there along the way to say hey do it we're going to help you do it and then we're going to you know go with you along the way it's it's hard too to find people who believe in the vision but who also jumps in to say hey let me give you a helping hand because my story was along the way I, I've I've been doing this advertising, marketing thing for six or seven years, not as long as Carlos or you, but you know, enough for me to say, okay, I know what I like, I know what I don't like. I've gone through multiple iterations of what I call failures or, or um, you know not having a job and whatnot. And every time when I'm stuck, I always ask myself or, or I always say to myself, how come I can't find people who's done it before, who's willing to help me, who's willing to give me a hand. But then it comes to the point now that I've realized or I say to myself, you know what? Maybe it's not meant to be. Maybe I'm not meant to wait for people to help me. Maybe I am that person that's supposed to go and help others who are just like me searching for something. So to find you guys and to have you guys kind of here present on the first podcast and um, you know, reiterating everything, and helping me get this off the ground, that, that's, you know, I really, really appreciate that.
1: No, and, absolutely, and you know, it's funny is that the reason that even I'm pushing you is because I can see that you want it and you're willing to hustle. You don't know how many people I come in contact with, again, they're in love with the idea of it all, but when you look at their actions, it's completely different. So if there's someone who's hustling all the time and wants it so bad, I mean, I tell Carlos, you gotta want this shit more than you wanna breathe agree you want you gotta want it more than you want to go out to to uh to 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 a movie or go out to dinner with your boyfriend your girlfriend you gotta want it that bad it's not for everybody right it's it's you gotta want this so bad that you are willing to put everything on the line including your time your mind your energy your focus because it's about you and so that's why it's interesting when you look at very successful people they go yeah you have to have a big vision right you have to have a goal that's number one i think yep. some people didn't even have a goal yep. their goal is very vague i'd say 98 percent of people out there if you ask them what their goal is they wouldn't be able to tell you what it is and if they were they would never be able to describe it in detail they'd mm-hmm. have no clue they would just mm-hmm. say successful i mean what does that mean they don't they don't know what that means right yep. so to me that's that's the first problem is a clearly defined goal. And the next thing is
0: believing in yourself and working your fucking ass off, period. Awesome. So let's go into failure a little bit. A lot of what I kind of, I, I hope to achieve with this podcast, like I said, it's to take away the armor, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of highlighting and doing what Gary Gary V or Tony Robbins are doing about success, and a lot of people kind of envy the success, but, you know, it's the journey. The journey isn't always rainbows and butterflies, there's failures, right? So what is a story? I'm just trying to get a story out of you guys. What what is the story (laughs) of of a failure that you vividly uh, remember or changed the way you did certain things? And I can give you a story. I'll give you both a story after of my own. So I want to kind of hear your guys' story. I know you guys are fearless. I know you guys at this stage in life, you guys are set. You guys are laser focused. You know what you want to do. You know where you want to go. But there has to be a point that led to where you are now, right? So, what is the failure for you guys that you experienced and you, you remember?
1: Yeah, so it's funny because you know I think and most people will, and I want to talk more about failure even more in depth so yeah. that people listening can, if you're in it, because I like that's what I like about what you're doing, right? You're saying, look, it's all good to be inspired, and there's we can we can we can Google that and go on yeah, YouTube reach your
0: quotes all day, all
1: day long, right? But not a lot of people are talking about. But when you're feeling like shit, yep. right? That's what this is. When you're feeling like shit, fill in the blank. When you're feeling scared, fill in the blank. You're trying to answer that um, and trying to relate to that. You know, as far as a, a failure, you know, I don't again, it's not about not feeling your feeling. I look at this and say, but if I look back, thank God that happened. Yep. It was always yep. a perceived failure. Yep. So that's number one. Whatever you're going through right now, it's all a perception. It's a it's a perception problem. You look at something, but on the flip side of that coin is greatness, right? So if I look back, I'll give you a small story because I know you really you're trying to pull a story. Out of it. <laughs> but story one of the stories, like at one point, I had want when I was in high school, I wanted to go to um, I want what's that art school that's owned by Disney or it used to be CalArts? Cal so I want to be an animator. I was like, oh my god, I want to be an animator, two D animation. This is great. And I tried to get into CalArts Now. For those of you guys who don't know, to get into a school like CalArts is very difficult, number one. Number two, is to get into an animation program, they're looking for figure drawing, right? Mm-hmm. Now I went to a high school, it was a great high school, but I didn't have figure drawing. I didn't have that in my quote unquote portfolio. Yep. I had whatever my art teacher gave me. I had, I had, uh, I had you know a drawing of my left shoe. I had, you know what I mean? Like I didn't have what Cal Arts was looking for. So guess what? I applied to CalArts based on my portfolio, and they said no, right? So that was a failure. So guess what I did? I applied to CalArts again, and guess what they said? No. So guess what I did? I applied to CalArts a third time. You don't even know this story. And guess what they said? No.
2: This explains everything.
1: This explains everything. (laughs) But guess what? But because of that, in that journey, I started honing my skills, I started thinking about, I started learning more about art and illustration and all this stuff, right? So what happened was I ended up being in, in, in an environment where there was movie poster advertising, illustrators and all that. And I looked up around the wall I said, holy shit, I want to get in the movie business. And so had I been at CalArts, I'd be doing, at the time, 2D a- animation for a studio. And right now I would be out of a job because it wasn't, Back then, <clears throat> it wasn't on. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't in the computer. It was yep. literally flipping paste, p- paper with Prismacolor. So I would have had to either learn a new skill, then I'd be trying to freelance for guys like me. And so that failure, that perceived failure of why is this happening to me? I'm a good kid. I deserve to do this. Wouldn't have led me in the entertainment world, which led me to uh, to other other things that I ended up doing in school and everything else. But that beginning part of it was that was a failure so you can imagine everyone's going to, to school but you mm-hmm. right everybody knows you're an artist and but you can't get into a school like you obviously must not be that great right so what does that do to your ego yep. and I go but if I look back thank God I didn't do that because it wouldn't I wouldn't have under I, I I never thought about advertising as 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 a career. I just started loving it, understanding it, and I happen to be blessed with skills that I just inherently get it, right? I'm not good at a lot of things, I'm just good at a few things, and I hope focus on that. So that's a really good example of a failure that really led to a success. So for people listening, whatever that failure is, you could have just lost a job, you could have just whatever, start a business and a tank. That's not the that's It's that's not this whole thing is a journey, right? So it's not about that failure. It's about I always say it's, it's part one of two. This isn't one of one. This is the loss that introduces the new thing. It's like in a relationship. You might you might break up with your girlfriend, but it makes room for the better one, right? So you can look at the loss and say this sucks or you can look at. But what is what's the opportunity in this? There's always opportunity in failure. But unfortunately, we don't necessarily know what it is. So whatever you're going through. There's more in store. This isn't the the, the 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 doom, but you have a choice. You do have a choice to say, you know what? I can look at the bad thing, or I can look at the good. Yeah, Carlos. Oh, you want more
2: stories? Uh, <laughs> uh, excuse me, that was a good one. Um, I have plenty of failure stories. I, I don't even know which one to start out with. Uh, I could go a young career, I can go mid career, I can go anywhere. So, um, I'll, I'll tell a couple of quick ones. Yeah. okay? Um, when I was young in my career, I, I did paste up art back in the day. Uh, graphic art was literally you did everything in analog form. There was no computers. We had computers, but you didn't do a lot on it, so you had to do what's called paste up boards. And we were doing magazines, and I had to um, I had to basically you know lay down all of the art on the magazine, create the magazine uh, that'd be print ready, go to the printer for shooting. So, you know, as a young buck in this, uh, I thought I was cool and just trying to be efficient. And uh, we had this thing that was like a, a, a waxer, basically what it does is it waxes the back of a piece of paper mm-hmm. so you could stick it down on a board and it would stick and it's pretty efficient. So I had my, uh, my headphones on and I'm cranking and I wax I don't know, probably over a hundred pages worth of stuff and I realized that I waxed them all backwards. And uh, I, I did it on the art side and not the back side well that taught me that uh everything matters attention to detail matters and don't try to cut corners so that was a huge failure uh magazine ended up going out but it took me another 48 hours to get it done so uh you know you learn from those little mistakes you know a bigger one as i as i succeeded in my career and and made a name for myself i decided that i was going to go off and start my own agency or at least a design shop and uh my wife looked at me and said you're Fucking crazy. And I said, Well, we're going to do this. And she said, Okay, cool, go do it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm a creative guy. I'm not a, not a businessman. Definitely at the time, I wasn't any kind of a businessman or entrepreneur. I had this bright idea of like, I can do it better, right? Yeah. And, and everybody does. Everybody has these ideas of like, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to change the world. That's all good. That's ambition, right? And uh, I sat around on my couch for a while, took a little bit of a vacation, you know, watched, watched cartoons, played a lot of video games, all that kind of stuff. And my wife said, Dude, what are you doing? You gotta get off your ass. Gotta so get inspired. There. Yeah, and uh, so I said, all right, I'm gonna go chase some business, and I went and chased a bunch of business of uh, the business that I wanted to be in. I was a, a, before I became a, uh, an artist. I was a music major in, in school, so I loved music and I grew up around music and studios and stuff. And and so I went into the music uh, industry and, and and wanted to work with those guys. And I realized, yeah, they're all very excited to work with you when they don't have any money, but it was cool going to parties, hanging out, doing stuff. That was all really great and. The world came crashing down when I started to realize that I had to get paid, man. And I didn't know how to invoice and I didn't know how to do it. So you know, I'm roping people in to help me and you know, 30 days turns into 60, turns into 90, yeah. 120, no pay, all that stuff. And uh, the epitome of that low was um, you know, I'm, I'm a family guy. I have four kids. And we didn't have insurance or anything. My kids got sick. And uh, you know, rent was due and the money wasn't coming in and you know, I'm 30 grand plus in the hole and I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. And I had this uh, beautiful car, it was a 1967 Porsche that I had, uh, you know, almost fully restored as a beautiful car, I loved it. And uh, I looked at my wife and she looked at me and I said, gotta sell the car. And uh, so we did. And uh, I, I I left that day, she called me and said the guy came and picked it up and. After I tried a little bit, I said, you know what? That taught me a huge lesson. That taught me a huge lesson. When you work really hard for the things you have, um, you know, you kinda have to think about, Am I gonna work that hard for the things that I want and the things that I need? And um, you know, I look back at that and I said, Wow, I, I can't do that. I went out and got a real job after that and went back in a big agency world. And to this day Andre hears me tell the story about the about the Porsche. And um, every single day of my life I still look back at that time and I go how am I gonna prevent that from happening again yeah what was that it, it's I don't want to say it was regret because I did what I had to do everybody does we make sacrifices for the things that we love and the things that we care about but that time was I looked at it and said I could say that I was a failure at my business but it, it I take that experience away and even now with Andre and doing this uh, this CLA thing I go But I learned so freaking much from that time. I learned what not to do. I learned how to not let, you know, not chase the money and and chase the the business side of things, but to do my craft and do what I do really well. And I learned to find a partner that does on the business side, Andre. Um, That's what attracted me to him. And uh, when I was sitting there and you asked me how we meet, that first meeting, that story went through my head. And I said, I'm gonna learn from that mistake. And I'm gonna learn from what I that failure, if you will, and go. I'm gonna take that away and go. That was an experiment. Let me go into this with that knowledge and um, a partner that I know can do the things that I can't do. And how good can we be together? And that that proves everything because we are kicking ass. There's no yeah. question.
0: Yeah. Andre, you need to get him a Porsche. I know. Well, I was just thinking about that. That'd be a good birthday present. That man. would be. That would be. <laughs> that would be a great birthday present. Awesome. <laughs> no those are both actually those are many many very very expected failure stories that turn out to be a life lesson right even myself i I believe when we met a couple days ago i was telling andre my story um i said i've been doing this for six or seven years But I started as an intern and I got into multicultural, which is not the general market. And just for the listeners, the general market, you're targeting the entire U.S. Doesn't matter race, culture, but multicultural, uh, multicultural, it focuses on specific ethnicities or categories of audience uh, within a certain country or state. And I got into the Asian-American market. At that time, I was an intern. I was going to school in Riverside. Um, got an intern online, and they said, hey, would you like to come down? I was even late for my interview, but they said, hey, this will be great, but they set my expectation. They said, look, we are in the Pacific Design Center, there's high ceilings, fancy artwork, but just to set your expectation, what you're doing is not glamorous, right? It's grunt work. I said, oh, that's fine, I I study in Riverside, it's in the middle of nowhere, whereas downtown LA, you see skyscrapers, you see buildings, and I was alive. I, I drove every other day, two hours one way in traffic, I drove 140 miles round trip back and forth from LA back to Riverside. I, tell
2: you, man, I did that too.
0: <laughs> and I did that as an internship into part-time into full-time. At the time I graduated, my, I was still an intern. My parents were like, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know, uh, I think I'll you know, fill this one out, see where it goes. Uh, I remember getting called in by my director, I was an account coordinator at that time, and she said, okay, we thought about it, we want to offer your job and in my head i was like oh first job out of college i have a college degree i'm going to get i'm going to get paid i'm going to pay off my student loans and then she extended her hand and she says $31,000 i hesitated in my in my head a little bit because it's different from your expectation right you're thinking one number in your head and you're thinking oh 50 yeah, must be 50 to start and then i said what the heck cuz at the time I wasn't chasing after dollars. I was chasing after experience. I knew this is where I wanted to be because being a, an account coordinator, you're touching every aspect of the business. You learn with every single department. You're understanding the business. So I said, okay, great. I took it and since, uh, since the offer, I worked uh, day and night. I did at least 12 hours a day and I would go because you're, you're, you're AC. So you're going to the clients. You're, you're doing a lot of events. I was doing weekend work. So two years into it, including internship, Um, I got called in one day because we lost two big accounts. So I got called in out of nowhere, and they said, oh, I was looking at my COO, and I had the finance person, she's like, oh, sorry, I gotta let you go. Um, She says, "Um, it's unfortunate, we lost big clients, we just can't afford to have all of you guys. So I was one of maybe half a dozen people that, you know, left. I remember that day, it was around like 4 p.m., and um, I was on the 10. I was driving back, I exited the 10. And I didn't want to go home. It was too early to go back to tell my parents, oh, I just got off work, because I usually get home around like eight or nine. And then I, I just sat there in the car. I was miserable. I was like, my first job, I, it was ego. It was ego more than anything else. I was like, mm-hmm. why? I, I, I you know, I, I, went around telling people, oh, I worked on McDonald's, I worked on um, Walmart, I worked on all these finance accounts, even though you're just doing multicultural, which is a fraction of the total business, sure. right? But I was proud, but it was an ego thing. So I sat in the car for hours, and I, I remember mustering up the courage and I told myself, you know what, forget it. This is the first and last time people are ever going to tell you that, goodbye, we don't need you. I'm going to take my life into my own hand because before I was just another employee. I went in and I just kept my head down, whatever the director wanted. I just said, yes. I had a lot of opinions, but I didn't speak up. I didn't speak up for myself. I didn't speak up for the clients. I just did what was right or what I thought was right. So from there i i was out of a job i was out of a job and i got a call one day got a call i I was miserable i remember the next day my uh, mom i was living at home at the time my mom came in she's like aren't you gonna get ready for work i was like no i got laid off and then so she just went and closed the door and i just went back to sleep it was miserable and i was you know, my, my state was like that for a good week or two. And all of a sudden, one day, I got a call. It was like 10 a.m. I was still sleeping in. I got a call. It was from a director that used to work there but started his own consulting arm. And then he said, hey, I heard from um, one of your coworkers that you were laid off. He says, what are you doing? He says, you sound sleepy. I said, oh, I'm still in bed. He said, what are you doing, dude? The, the day is bright. The sun is out. Get your ass up. And he said, you know, he said something to me that I always remember. He says, "Look, I enjoy working with you. You are somebody that I see great potential in. You need to get up. The industry needs people like you to change it." And he says, "Hey, look, I got you uh, an interview with another agency." And I went. I didn't get the job, but the fact that he said that and did that it changed my perspective. I went back on the job hunt. I got another job a month later. From there. Every single job after, it was always me saying, okay, goodbye. I don't think it's a good fit for me. It's not a good fit for you. Um, And I've been moving ever since from multicultural to general market now to the client side of things. And I look back now, if I were at the Pacific Design Center doing what I was doing, I would still be comfortable. I'll probably make a 50 now or 60, but my life would be mundane. I wouldn't know how big the outside world is. It's because I got forced out of it. I had to survive every step of the way. I learned so much and I realized, wow, there's so much out there. Before, I was like, oh, you can see David Beckham. You see all these celebrities in the building. And then you thought you made it. You thought you made it. I legitimately told myself I made it. Downtown LA, 30 grand a year. You see celebrities and I thought I made it. But when you were forced out, everything changed. And now I look back and I said, thank God that happened, because if it didn't, the me that's sitting here today talking to you guys will be completely different. I wouldn't be out of my shell. I wouldn't be as ambitious as hungry because I knew I wanted more. I don't want somebody to tell me, okay, this is not it for you. So I can totally relate to you guys. And that's also why I wanted to put the filler piece into it because there's a lot of people that's going through similar situations. I'm still going through it. I'm still trying to figure out what is it that's gonna help build Bob that's going to build my career because I envision if I'm in my 30s I'm in my 40s 50s and I have a family I have um, you know other liabilities or things I care about mm-hmm. um, what am I going to do am I still going to be going into a job not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow or you know putting my life in somebody else's hands I've been thinking a lot about that lately because I realized that's not what I want to do I've moved around a lot and all of it is because my vision for the company, or my vision for what I'm doing, isn't the vision of the company itself. They want stability. They don't want to challenge the status quo. But you know they can do better. But they want to to just be average, or they just want to be, I don't know, comfortable, right? So, a lot of that kind of got me thinking. It, there's a lot of other people doing that. So for those of you who are struggling, I feel you. It's it's not something that you're gonna overcome overnight, and it's not something that you're gonna overcome by talking to a lot of people, you're gonna get ideas, but it's something that you yourself have to go through it. But just know, as Andre and Carlos both said, it's, it's um, the two sides of the coin. It's not the end, but rather the beginning to something that you're not certain, but it's definitely better than where you were before.
1: Yeah, I think that what, one of the commonalities between your story and my story, Carlos's story is exactly what you said, right? We were all forced into a direction, right? We are all forced into something that's actually a, to, to, to claim your bigger purpose, your bigger potential that you have as a person, right? Had you stayed at Pacific Design Center, you wouldn't be who you are now. No, you wouldn't have no. learned. Had I been at Cal Arts, I'd be I don't I wouldn't be who I am. Had this guy not been forced out of his own company uh, I wouldn't have ever met him. Yeah, right? So there's so many things that again, when you look at the at your world, you got to realize it's one success is not linear it's very it's a it's a jagged road and but when it goes it's you got to be and i know it's very i don't know if it's buddhist or what it is very zen but you got to go with the flow yep right you got to be able to go and say and and let and just go you know what this is part of the journey when you have a big big goal and that's why you always hear me and you mean you know this i'm all about big goals right put a big goal in front of you. It kind of pulls you toward it, so that whatever the bump is right now, you're not actually focusing on it, right? So a lot of people, it's like a bumper car, and it just hits a wall, and they just keep staring at that wall, and staring at that wall, staring at the wall, while other people are just going around the wall. So yeah, you might hit it, and you might get hurt, and you might get your ego bruised, or or you might lose your ass, or you might lose your, your in Carlos's case, lost his company that he wanted to start building, but that was just a road. It's how you react. I think that life is about attitude, right? And Earl Nightingale, I don't know if you know who that is, but he talks a lot, it's all about attitude. Life is about attitude. Um, and I think that when you have the right attitude going into whatever the adventure is that you're going towards, that goal, and if you have the, a winning attitude, whatever just happened shouldn't matter, right? And, and again, it goes back into focus and, and the amount of energy you put on your bigger goal, not what's happening right in front of you.
0: Awesome, well said, well said. Um, so, so the last question I have on here, um, granted, we can go into other, other um, conversations, but the last question is, what is one project that each of you are working on? It doesn't have to be uh, company-related, just personal project as well. And then what is a goal that you're trying to achieve in the coming months?
1: I think that's easy for me. My, the project I work on every single day is me. There's no project that's more important because everything I touch has a, is, is, a, is a reflection of where I am mentally, physically, and spiritually. If it, I make me the number one priority. For those of you who know me, I'm up at five every single day, and that includes weekends, okay? Um, I hustle, I work hard, I meditate twice a day, I go to the gym, I'm very, very, very focused, and the more I invest in myself, the more I can give to other people, the more I can give to my clients, to my projects, to my creativity, to everybody around me, right? So I think it's very important for me to to put myself as the first thing that gets priority. And so my project, and it'll always be my project, even when you get a goal. And one thing I want to say is that a lot, you know, I keep talking about goals and a lot of people say, or think in their heads, they're probably listening right now. uh, Yeah, but what happens when you get a goal? When does it ever end? And the answer is it never ends. It's infinite. The moment you hit a goal, you go, great, now I did that, what's the next one? Yep. So you actually have an infinite number of goals and destinies. It's not just one, people think like, so what's gonna happen, let's say your goal is, I don't know, I'm making this up, a million dollars. So what happens, you get a million dollars, you kill yourself? No, <laughs> you're gonna go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I got a million dollars, why don't I get 10 million dollars? Yep. Or maybe now I wanna go travel, the world. whatever that is. Yep. You have a goal, and that goal again is there to, to, to push you. So what I did to you that you didn't do to yourself today was I forced you yep. out of your comfort zone, right? And so to answer again, going back to what's the most important project, most important project you can work on is you. How are you gonna be better today? Because you are the legacy, right? Not the project you're working on. The project you're working on in the end doesn't mean shit. Yep. Right, all the projects you did, whether you were on agency side or client side, where are they now? What does it does it really matter? Sure, you had good wins. Sure, you increased revenue. Sure, you got exposure. You hit your 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 uh, your ROIs. All that stuff, but does it really does it really matter? No. Isn't what's left is the residual, and the residual is the human being. So I and you said it is the main work in that Pacific Design Center. Is that a better version of you than you uh, Is today a better version of who you were and yeah. the answer is yeah right yeah without a doubt without a doubt why because you've been through shit yep so people who don't go through shit aren't aren't they aren't even interesting they don't even like themselves so if people are listening that are sad scared fearful i go if you want to be you got to be the most interesting person you know and that's going to come from going through some shit that's going to come through you know, you're going to go... You're If you're going to go and, and get in a fight and you're going to punch someone, you're going to get hit. That's the beauty of it, right? You just hope that you hit a little harder yeah. than the next guy, right? And if you don't, who cares? So you lost the fight. get back up. You get back up, right? I think sports... I'm not a huge sports guy, but the great analogy is, is football, right? Their goal is win the Super Bowl. Their other goal is win the game. Their other goal is win this down,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what happens if they don't get the down and the quarterback gets, the quarterback gets sacked? They go, oh, this we suck, this, this is horrible. No, they go, all right, cool, experiment, don't ever do that again, right? Again, 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 and hopefully they get one guy over the finish line and they're very, very in tune with what they're doing. Another thing, to so use the football analogy, is they, they 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 watch tapes, right? So yep. they watch themselves play. That's very important. Take an inventory of your life. Look back and go, am I bullshitting myself? Everyone tells themselves they're great and they work hard, but are you really pushing yourself yep. as hard as you can? Yep. And if you're not, why aren't you? And there's probably your favorite word today is fear. There's probably a little <laughs> bit of there's probably a little bit of fear of course. Wrapped in that. There's a little bit of ego. There's a little bit of what, what if I can't Right. Like that, that saying, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And then, you know, it's funny, actually, let me ask you that. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you knew that everything you would do, you could succeed in like without a doubt, like hands down, you know, the heavens opened up, God came down right now and said, Ming, whatever you do, you couldn't, you, there's no way you can fail. You're going to make it. What, what would you, would you do anything different?
0: Yeah, I, I get up and go out of where I am right now. Like, not here here, but mm-hmm. work-wise, I get up and mm-hmm. the fuck out, right? Do my own thing. Travel, I'll start uh, helping others. I go and fund ventures. I do things that I'm interested in, things that I feel like, okay, now I have the time. I have the courage to do it, right? There's so much that I want to do. I, you I, going to say it, boss,
1: or you want going to say Go for no. it. No. Why the fuck don't you <laughs> do that now, man? You I'll can't you fail. There, this is, I just listen to what you said and this happens every time I ask people this question what would you do, can you fail and you'd be surprised at the laundry list I get oh, well if I couldn't fail and then they keep going I go, but you can't fail and even if you and, and there's no such thing and not only that, what's holding you back well, what if I fail but you fail if you don't do it so you're 100% are failing if you don't do it if I told you, Ming, let's go to Vegas 50-50 odds, would you play that yeah, game yeah, we'd we'll go in, yeah cool that's the odds you have. So if I said all the things you've listed, you have 50-50 odds of succeeding above and beyond even better than you ever thought, would you do it? Yeah. So there it is. So now what you're gonna do is you're gonna get super uncomfortable and you're gonna go, no, 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 but I can't do that right now, right? And you're gonna make excuses, that people do. I'm not gonna start the business now. I'm not gonna go out and do that. That's wild. Be irrational. Completely rational people play it safe. They're the most boring fucking people in the world. Be irrational. Do the irrational. Do the shit that goes against the current. It's not the current of the world. It's the current of you. You're fighting you. You're not fighting me. It is. It is. I'm not yeah. scared of anything you just said. I want to go travel and do all the shit you did. I'm not scared of it. <laughs> That's a you thing. Yeah. You're fighting yourself. You're not fighting society. You're fighting your own limiting belief of yourself. You're fighting what you feel you deserve. You're fighting what you think is possible because you don't see any way that you can do that. If I said, hey, me, you're going to make a million dollars this year. Fuck, am I going to do that? Because you said you will. And you're going to figure out a way. Well, how many figure out? I don't know. But if you say focus on it, I guarantee you'll solve that problem. But my point is look at all the things you named. How many people listening right now, if I said to you, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? Be honest and write it down. And yep. go, there's, your, there's your bucket list. There's the, that's not even the bucket list. That's what you should be doing now. That's like right, the today right. list. That's your to-do list. Right. That's the why the fuck wouldn't you do that in 24 hours? Real real talk. Yeah, that's real talk. That's like fucking hustle mode. So when <laughs> I say t- and I and I hashtag and I talk about hustle, that's the fucking hustle. What the fuck are you afraid of? And and, and, and what is it? A big bad monster? You're going to die. Like, what is it? Failure? What do you think you're going to be on the streets? Like, what is that thing? And fight it. But people don't because they don't believe in themselves. They don't. They, if you don't yeah. see a way. You don't feel you can do it. If I don't see a path to doing it, no one ever knows how they're going to do it. They just know they're going to do it. If you're going to go climb a mountain right now, you don't know exactly where you're going to put every, every, your hand on every single, every single rock and your, 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 your foot and your leg and your arm. and your, You don't know how. You just know you're going to get to the goddamn top of the mountain. Yep. Right. You're not going to stop in the fucking middle, that's for sure. And if, if you slip and you scrape your knee, you're not going to go down and start crying and say, forget it. Right, but people are afraid of committing to give themselves a command and commit and say, "I'm going to do this." I gave you the command, and you did it. You're like, "All right, all right, all right I'm going to do it." Okay, right, you guys are there. Okay, I'm going to do it right now. What else should you be doing today? And, and you know, it's funny—is ninety-nine percent of people listening to this will like everything I'm saying in theory. They're going to go, "That guy's pretty cool. He's kind of a fucking weirdo, crazy <laughs> motherfucker." But, but you know, I like that. I like that. But they're not going to do shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're not going to do shit. Yep. And so. If you want to be a winner, go fucking do something about it. Word, Carlos.
0: <laughs> Word, everything. Mic <laughs> drop, mic yeah, drop, mic drop, mic drop on that. It's, drop. it's it's uh,
2: it's hard it's hard to beat that. But that's exactly what we talk about. So um, every day, Andre says he gets up at five o'clock. I'm up by six. He's a little bit earlier than I am. We're on the phone. We talk like this every single day of our lives. We have this conversation. We start. Early morning, and we don't stop all day long. Um, we've been here in this place all day long, and we've been hustling our asses off because we have goals, and we have that focus, and we have um, that uh, that fearlessness that kind of comes along with all of those things. You know, there's lots of projects. You know, y- you asked the original question was, you know, what was project you're working on? Yep. Um, I would say, I would say, Andre, I'm working on Andre. Trying to, <laughs> try to get him to calm down a little bit, be a little less energetic. No, uh, he's he's genius. He really. That, is. That's that's him. That's yeah. it. That's him in his raw form and, and you know what it's infectious and that infectiousness, is that a word? It let is it, now. Let, let it permeate you. you know, let it everybody listening right now, take it for the gospel and really think about it. You know we, we, we were talking the other day, Andre and I, he brought a bucket list and we said that. So why the hell are we waiting to make a bucket list? Why are we waiting? Why does society tell us that we have to wait until we retire to do all this shit that we want to do? What the hell? Why are we doing that? Why don't we have a today list? And that's where that came from. And it's it's so true. It's like, if you're chasing your hopes and your dreams every day and you're laser focused on that, it's uh it, that's everything, man. That's that's the secret. You know, we just gave you the secret sauce right there. Hyper focus, lots of belief in yourself and action. And uh, you know, everything else is, is I don't want to say relevant, but it is, um, it just comes part and parcel of that. You know, we have, I'm sure people on, on, on listening here would kind of want to know a little bit about what's going on. I don't have to tell you everything, yeah. but we can't. Um, we have some tech clients. We have uh, beverage clients. We have a ton of stuff happening right now that uh, we're doing some amazing work, and I'm fucking proud of that work, and you guys are going to see that come to fruition uh, over the course of the next few months and, and into the new year. We're growing. We're building. You know, uh, when we launched New York, you know, this guy came to me and said, Hey, you know what? Uh, we want to launch another, uh, you know, a, another shop and we have some opportunities. What should we do? And I said, Let's go to New York. And we just looked at each other. We were literally in the parking lot of the, of the space we you been yeah. to. And we said, Let's go to New York. And he said, All right. And the next day, uh, he wasted no time. He was on the phone with people in New York and we got a space. And we looked and we picked and we said, Where do we want to be? We want to be right in the mix of Madison Avenue. And we really wanted to be that Madison vine shop. Um, entertainment and and total market coming together, and, and we did it. We didn't we didn't question it. We didn't uh, we didn't pontificate over it. We just made a fucking decision and said we're going to go do that and put all our our, our efforts into, into growing this. And so my big project right now, PLA. I am here to grow the shit out of this business. Do the best work that I can for the clients and work with uh, passionate people. I would say there's two things I can't can't teach you, and that's passion care. You either have it or you don't. Um, all of our clients are client partners, and if any of them are listening to this, thank you guys. We love you so much, um, and uh, and I know that the feeling is mutual from our clients. We, we have great, amazing client partners, and everybody that we're going to work with is going to be a client partner. Hanja always says it's our goal to have them finish our sentences or fin- us finish theirs, and uh, that's important. That's really, really important, that relationship and that belief system that we have and the belief in creativity that it can solve the world's problems and that – If you believe in yourself and you push hard enough and you're chasing that dream and you're laser focused on it, anything is possible. And that's why our clients come to us because we bestow that onto them and we work together to help them achieve their dreams too. And it's possible, guys. I'm telling you, everybody listening, cut the shit. Be honest with yourself. Write some stuff down and and get real and go chase what you want to chase because it's out there. Everything is out there for you to grab. It's been there, always has been there, always will be there. You just don't see it.
0: Be bold. Be bold. Be bold, man. Yeah, so so I know you both are active, active on Instagram, so why don't you guys drop your handle so they can follow you, and then also let them know where they can find the website for the agency.
1: Yeah, so I actually actively, I just started my Instagram a couple of weeks ago, to be honest, because I've been so fucking busy. <laughs> busy I, know, I know. I was just like, you know, I was like, fuck, I got I to gotta start this thing. So, anyway, mine is Andre Philip, A N D R E F I L I P underscore. That's A N D R E F I L I P underscore. That's on Instagram. And that's really the only social media outlet that I'm on right now. Uh, you can email me, Andre at E L A 1 the number one dot com. And then, of course, our website is E L A 1 the number one dot com.
0: Awesome. Carlos? Yeah, I'm pretty easy. I'm old
2: school, man. I've been on social media for a long time, so it's really just my name. It's Carlos Musquez. Um, that's on Instagram. If you Google me, you'll find me. Trust me. Awesome. I'm out there.
0: Awesome. And then you can find me on Best of Bold, uh, and then check out the website, bestofbold.com. Again, thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Andre. Thanks, man. You guys yeah, have been awesome. Man, you guys need to come back. Oh, we'll be back oh, for exactly. sure. We're, we're going to come back <laughs> and check on you, man. Yes, know, exactly. please, please. We're going to push please. Ming over here.
1: All right. Cool, man. Thank Thank you, guys. Thanks
0: a lot. Thank you all for listening to the Boldcast. I hope you all enjoyed the episode just as much as I did. We have many more planned, and I'm hoping to break down the barrier even further and to show you guys that this journey you guys are on, that I am on, that everyone else is on, it's not an empty journey. It's not a lonely journey. We're all in it together. So be sure to tune back in and be sure to follow Best of Bold. On Instagram and to check out the website bestable.com tell your mom tell your grandma tell your neighbor tell your dog tell your enemies you know we're doing this so until next time stay bold